This is The Matt Report, the voice of WordPress entrepreneurship. If you're running a WordPress freelance business selling themes, plugins, or client services, this is the place for you. Learn more at mattreport.com and subscribe at mattreport.com slash subscribe. And now, on to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Matt Report Podcast. Today's guest, Troy Dean from WP Elevation. We all know and love Troy. He's a great guy. So I had, finally had the chance to get him back on the, onto the show, and we did a host swap a few weeks ago. That was really fun. If you haven't checked that out, go back and take a look at that. I interviewed uh, Jason Cohen of WP Engine, and he interviewed Jave Thompson, uh, formerly of Envato, and now with X-Team. Uh, that was an awesome uh, and fun time. So Troy's a great guy. We talk about why he started WP Elevation, how it's doing today, and is it really a competitor to this show? Uh, you're going to find out when you listen to this. Take all the great advice that Troy gives us, and uh, hopefully it's a great actionable uh, items for your WordPress business. Uh, what's going on in the Matt, Re- Matt Report world? Uh, MattReport.com slash join. Join the mailing list. Tell your friends, family, and colleagues. It's a great place to learn about WordPress. Uh, MattReport.com slash join. Join the membership only uh, private forums, mastermind calls, uh, and all that fun stuff for helping, your, helping you run your WordPress business. Definitely check that out. We have a special promotion running this uh, up until the end of the week uh, where SiteGround is giving a free year of hosting with anybody who joins the pro membership. So if you are interested and you're sort of on the fence, uh, now is the time to do it. Without further ado, let's talk to Troy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Report. As always, your host, Matt. Uh, and today, we're joined by Troy Dean. Troy Dean of WP Elevation, video user manuals, all this fun stuff that we're going to get into. But before we do... Uh, how do you join the Matt Report uh, email list? Very easily, just mattreport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list, and we'll let you know when all this fun stuff comes out. If you stick around to the end of the show, leave a comment in the blog post, and Troy is going to give away his car, his house, and <laughs> buy a plane ticket for you to fly all the way out to Australia uh, to win uh, a, a three-month consulting session uh, living in his house, actually. Everything's paid for. He's going to give you food and everything. Troy, welcome to the program. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you got the memo, man. <laughs> uh, if anybody doesn't know and doesn't listen to uh, the, uh, WP Elevation, Troy gives away a little something uh, with each episode. Uh, we won't do that in this episode, but you can always come back, leave a comment <laughs> on the blog post, and let us know uh, how much you love uh, this interview. That's hilarious. <laughs> Troy, for those, for, those of you, for those that are listening that don't know you, who are you and what do you do? Ah, oh, who am I? What day of the week is it? Um, yeah. It is Tuesday where I live at the moment, I think. I've just come back from Chicago, so I was over there for WordCamp, so I'm kind of a little bit uh, freaked out about which country I'm in and who I am and what I'm supposed to be doing. But anyway, <laughs> uh, for, those that, for those that don't know, my name is Troy Dean. I'm from Melbourne, Australia, and um, I'm a WordPress consultant. I used to be a developer until... Um, I had to get stronger contact lenses because I was losing my uh, vision because I was staring at curly braces and semicolons too long and then I decided that uh, code wasn't my thing. So I then um, built, started building WordPress products, not, uh, most notably video user manuals, the video tutorial plugin that helps you teach your clients how to use WordPress. Uh, and f- interestingly enough, today I'm actually wearing a WP101 t-shirt to work, uh, which is, you know, that's the other version of the plugin that does what we do. Um, I haven't got a Matt Report hoodie, otherwise I'd be wearing that. Um, (laughs) And WP Elevation, of course, is the uh, business accelerator program for WordPress consultants, where I basically teach uh, how to, you know, how to grow up from freelancer to agency as a WordPress consultant. 
Awesome. Very good, very good. For those of you wondering, there are no uh, Matterport hoodies yet, uh, but maybe someday. Maybe we'll get them out there. Uh, so, Troy, when, what, you, know, you said you were a coder. You said you were a developer. You have a plug-in business. You have a podcast. You have a membership site. Uh, why so much? How did you get into it? Uh, you know, let's start with going from a coder to operating a plugin. How, why did you make that transition? So that was that was literally to scratch my own itch. So what happened was I started getting a. Pro I was building websites, you know, for fun, really, for mates who were in the music industry and the film industry. And I had a buddy of mine say to me once, "I want you to. I'll pay you to build me a proper website." And I'm like, "What do you mean? I am building you proper websites. Like I'm insulted." Just because they're in Flash and you know that they don't work anymore doesn't mean they're not real websites. So I said, all right, if you're going to pay me some money, then I better go and learn how to do this properly. So I started investigating. I learned HTML, CSS, and then I thought, hang on, if I build this guy a website, he's going to want to update it every time he shoots a new you know film. He's going to want to put it on his portfolio. I'm not going to be updating his website. So I built my own content management system in PHP and MySQL because someone said, oh, they're you know. They're free, open source. You can, you know, learn how to use them pretty easily. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I learned how to do that. And then a buddy of mine, I kept asking him about image upload functions in PHP. And this guy was a programmer. And he's like, oh, I don't know, man. I just use WordPress. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you're supposed to know this stuff. Like, I want to write my own image uploader. And he said, why? I just use WordPress. Anyway, after about six months, I downloaded WordPress and realized that I could do in half an hour what just took me six weeks. So... Then I realized very quickly, okay, I'm now I'm building websites on WordPress, but now I have to teach my clients how to use WordPress. Even though it's a content management system, if you've never seen it before, back at you know 2008, it was a very different beast. And I thought there's still a there's still an onboarding process that you need to go through to learn how to manage content. So I locked myself in my room for a couple of weeks and I wrote a Word document and took all these screenshots of of uh, WordPress and I sent it to my buddy and said. Hey, as a PDF, and I said, hey, give this to your clients. It'll teach them how to use WordPress, and it'll stop, you know, them calling you up with all those annoying questions. And he rang me back and said, uh, this is awesome. We've got to turn this into a plugin and make video screencasts, and then we can sell it to other WordPress consultants. I'm like, well, I don't know how to make a plugin. Do you know how to make a plugin? He said, yeah, I'll figure it out. I'll, you know, I'll learn how to make a plugin. You go and make the videos. And I had a bit of voiceover background, a bit of performance background, so. I made the videos, he worked out how to make a plug-in, and I can't remember the first sale we made. Brian remembers the first sale we made, but I, I can't remember. And we were we were testing pricing. So we I think we sold like we were selling it from anywhere from nine dollars to forty nine dollars a month for this video plug-in. And then that just kind of took off. It just kept, you know, people kept buying and um, yeah, it was a pretty exciting time. And then and that was when I first saw the the possibility and the the idea of leverage that you could make something once and sell it over and over and over and over and over again, and that was when you know things started to change in terms of the way I approached business. Hmm. What do you think the biggest difference is from the freelance market of today, being 2014, versus back when you were just starting out in the freelance market, 2008? Um, you know, pick one. Like maybe it's the uh, what's the biggest difference you see? Is it is it the the knowledge of freelancers today, like much more equipped, or maybe not? Uh, or are, are the customers drastically different, requesting stuff today that uh, could never have been imagined? Uh, you know, five years ago. What do you think the biggest difference is from today versus uh, yesterday? Yeah, it's a good question. I, look, I think. One of the biggest, I think, the biggest difference is the 
knowledge that our customers have. So our customers, our customers know that stuff is possible. They, they, it, it's funny, even though they know more, they're actually more ignorant than they were back then because back in 2007, you know, it, it, didn't, take, it didn't take much to be way ahead of your customers because our customers weren't, you know, I heard this statistic the other day that something like we've, produced, we've published more information on the internet in the last two years than we have in the history of the world. So there's been more information published in the last two years than there has in the history of the world. That's remarkable. It's staggering. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's staggering. And that, 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 that J-curve, you know, that hockey stick J-curve is not going to change anytime soon. It's just, it's, you know, that exponential curve is just going further. So there's more information available, which means customers now are wanting more complex solutions and they're wanting to do more, but they're actually more ignorant because they don't understand what's involved. So what they do is they see something and they put this idea together in their head and they say, this is what I want but they're actually, they have no idea the, the amount of work that's involved in pulling that off successfully. So mm. I think the demands are higher and I think the expectations are much greater and I think it's more challenging as a freelancer now to manage clients' expectations right from the get-go. Mm. You think we, you think it's us freelancers or even the smaller agencies, uh, are, are we to blame for this uh, over, the, over the last five years, not really elevating the game our own games or raising prices correctly or just simply not informing folks uh, enough uh, to say that, look, we're worth more than 500 bucks. <laughs> we're worth more yeah. than, you know, this, uh, this Facebook for 500 bucks. Is, is, it, is it us? Is it, is it uh, a WordPress issue? Or what do you think it is? Or is it just that there's too much information out there that anybody can just search something and think it's so easy? <laughs> I think it's a combination of things. I think the fact that it's funny, you know, I was just thinking about this before, um, People who use WordPress become fanatical about WordPress. Like I've spent some time in the professional services um, scene, you know, speaking at CPA conferences. CPA is a large organisation of accountants, right? So I've spent some time speaking in front of 200 accountants. I'm telling you now, no, not one of those accountants feels any kind of love for QuickBooks or MYOB or Xero or whatever software they're using in their business, right? In fact, there's usually a healthy kind of disdain for the software that they use and the tools that they use. None of them, none of them, none of, no accountant walks around with QuickBooks t-shirts on, right? So it's kind of weird in the WordPress space. People who use WordPress become fanatical about it, fanatical about it, and they, and what's happened is we've been blogging about it over the last sort of five years and telling everyone what's possible with WordPress as a way of giving back to the community and teaching other people and, you know, a lot of people have built successful businesses about blogging about WordPress and what's possible with the plugin architecture and blah, 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 blah. And these amazing theme frameworks have come along like Genesis or, you know, Bootstrap or Bones or whatever it is. So people now, when they do a little bit of research, they find all this information that's, that's, that's available. The other thing that's happened is there's been an explosion of these kind of microservice websites like, um, you know, uh, like freelancer.com, yeah. Odesk, yeah, Elance. But then even more so, things like uh, Tweaky, which is now I think called Elto and the uh, studio.envato.com where, where they're kind of curated marketplaces. So you're not only just putting a job up and accepting bids, but they're actually going and finding the right person for that job. And because a lot of the technicians that are providing those services live in emerging economies or even places where like Poland, where the cost of living is so much cheaper, or the Ukraine, where the cost of living is so much cheaper than 
say Australia or the States or Canada or New Zealand or the UK, that the expectation now is when, when customers are kind of researching and saying, well, I know that I can get you know, a website designed and developed on WordPress for you know, $299 at Envato by some guy who lives in Poland or the Ukraine, uh, and you've just given me a quote for three and a half grand to build a website. Uh, you know this doesn't make sense. So I think the freelancer. I think our our role has changed. That we've had to actually grow up from being a freelancer to actually now being a business consultant. Mm. And I think that's the really interesting shift that's happening at the moment. In fact, when I was at WordCamp Chicago, I was talking to a lot of people who. A lot of people come. A lot of people come up to me say, "Hey, I'm not a developer and I'm not a designer, but I really want to build a business out of WordPress. I understand enough about the technical stuff, and I'm good at talking to clients about business." And I was saying, "Well, I actually think the most important role in the WordPress ecosystem at the moment is that person that can sit between the customer and the dev team and actually facilitate that conversation, and you know." Um, Bring bring the 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 business objectives together with the technicians and the artists who are the designers and developers and actually deliver a solution. So the solution architect, if you like, or we just call them a consultant, um, that I think is the most important role in that whole ecosystem. And funnily enough, Matt Medeiros, you <laughs> were one of the first people I remember listening to the Matt report a long time ago when it first started out, uh, and. You were one of the first people that I, w I was listening to a podcast, walking around the supermarket, buying my groceries for the week, and you were saying, you know, if you're not a coder and you're not a designer, that's okay. Just call yourself a consultant. And I remember punching the air in the supermarket going, <laughs> yes, exactly right. He gets it. Woohoo. Yeah. I'm not the only person who's like, you know, trying to position us as consultants. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and, and I think... You know some of the strong points that you brought up is one we're, we we not not we are moving we have already moved to a global economy it's not even a question anymore it's just fact uh, it is reality especially for us I mean uh, it's very tough to have a global economy of plumbers right plumbers aren't going to fly from Australia to the United States to fix a pipe um, but we could as a developer uh, I think that yeah. we are super passionate about WordPress because. And you know maybe inherently we're all creative people, so these us creative folks are certainly going to express our feelings a little bit more, blog about it, write about it, and become so passionate because this thing empowers us, right? Whereas you know uh, QuickBooks doesn't empower you; it just like you have to do it, <laughs> you have to use it to report yeah. to the tax man. Um, yeah. And maybe yeah, and I think you're right. I think we're we're getting away from maybe calling ourselves the freelancer because that is the problem, right? So if we are considering ourselves freelancers, even when we're starting out, freelancer is not going to care to uh, stick around and help you with your business. They're just a freelancer. I need you to do this task at thirty bucks an hour. Please get this done for me. You know, yep. no, you know, no care whether or not my business is successful or whether or not you want to learn uh, the names of my parents and the, my team and stuff like that. You just want to come in and get the job done. So yes, getting our getting away from the freelancer label uh, and moving into a uh, consultant would be amazing. Um, yeah. I want to talk about uh, you know building uh, uh, an audience, right, and and the importance of that, um, and you know why one should focus on getting the attention of people um, for feedback, for uh, masterminding, for advisory, whatever it is, uh, before building a product. Um, and uh, more specifically about your podcast, right, WP Elevation, and, and the membership site you have going on there. Uh, give us the rundown on, you know, why you think it's important to run or to build an audience uh, before building a product. It's really interesting, you know, this is something that I wish we'd done with video user manuals 
back in 2008. We, we built a product to scratch our own itch and then we started pushing it out there. And, you know, the fear is that you're going to build something and nobody's going to buy it, right? Well, that's just not going to happen. I mean, you, you, the internet today, you could build just about anything. I mean, you could throw up HTML on the screen and make it look as horrible as you possibly could and make the theme as broken as possible and put it up on a, on a theme marketplace and I guarantee you would sell at least one copy, right? <laughs> so the, 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 the reality is people are going to buy, especially in the WordPress space, there's like, you know, I was talking to a guy the other day who does big JV, brokers big JV deals and he says, man, if you've got anything to sell to WordPress people, he said, they're like junkies trying to get their fix. They just love WordPress themes and plugins and extensions and so the fear is that the fear is we're not going to sell anything, but I actually think the real problem is that you're going to sell something to like a couple of hundred people because at that point, it's too big to shut down because you've got to support them, but it's not big enough to actually sustain you and to scale up and to make a profit. So we learned that the hard way with video user manuals. <clears throat> and then, and it kind of got to a point where, you know, it, it reached the tipping point. But for the first couple of years, you know, it was like, man, how do we get like, how, well, we got the first hundred customers. How do we get the next hundred customers? And then how do we get the next hundred customers? And it was, and we learned a lot from that. So when we, when we were thinking about, we actually weren't thinking about building anything else. We just knew that we had this great audience. We had about 9,000 people in our database who had just signed up for our free eBooks that we were giving away on our website. And yes, it sounds, you know, remarkable and it sounds like internet marketing strategy, but guess what? you know, sign up forms and popover forms and free ebooks on a website actually work. We just did that organically for, you know, about three years and built this database. And then I kind of wanted to know what I just want to interject that it is very important that it, some of these tactics or strategies, they do seem very upfront and uh, maybe, you know, uh, intrusive. But I, I mean, I know, I mean, from pop-ups on, on Matterport, like I don't have one running now, but when I do, I have 100, 150 people signing up every week. It's amazing when you have a pop-up yep. running on that yep. site. As much as we all hate it, people are dropping yeah. their names in it. If they hated it, they would just leave and they would not sign up, right? So it makes you think. Yeah. It's all about, I, I think it's all about the offer. I think it's all about what it is you're offering them in return. You know, if, you, if I'm on a website and I'm enjoying learning something and a pop-up appears in front of me and it's like... You know, if I was on if, if I was if I was on HubSpot and they put a pop up in front of me, I would just put my name and email address in, no matter what they were giving away, because I just know their stuff is quality. So, and I would actually thank them for offering that to me. You know, oh, thanks for giving, thank you for the opportunity to subscribe to your mailing list and get more stuff in my inbox. Mm. So it all depends on what it is you're offering them. Um, so anyway, we 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 kind of had this audience and. I was curious about who the, I was, you know, Brian and I were like, we need to make more plugins. We need to make, when I kind of, I stepped away from my agency and I wanted to focus on product and I didn't, I was, I worked out that I was in business with the wrong person when I had my agency. So I kind of shut that down, came back to, to the WordPress product thing and we said, okay, we need more product. And I said, okay, well, let's not make the same mistake again. Let's not make a product and then go out there and, you know, go door knocking and try and sell it to one person at a time. Why don't we find out what our audience want? and then we'll build it. So I sent an email, this is you know well documented and an old story now, but I sent an email to our database saying, hey, all you guys that have signed up for our eBooks at some stage, and our eBooks were all about you know, how to make WordPress better for your clients, how to build a better WordPress business, how to make it more secure. It was all about empowering the developer to have a better relationship with their client so that they could you know, charge more and 
and kind of you know elevate and become a a business consultant, not a freelancer. So when, we, when I emailed them and said, hey, what, what do you guys want? You're not buying our plugin. That's cool, but you're on our list. You know What's going on for you? They all came back and said, we need more clients. You need to show us how to get more clients so that we can quit our day job, go full-time, hire someone else, partner up, scale up, and grow a business. So we ran one webinar uh, where, you know, and I didn't even build a webinar. I built a landing page, and I plugged it into GoToWebinar and Eventbrite. And I put on sale a webinar. I actually sold tickets to a webinar, and we did really well. It sold out in, in 48 hours, and then I ran the webinar, showed them what, what I did with my business, and then email, emailed everyone afterwards and said, hey, that was fun. Do you want to do that again? What do you want? And then they told us they wanted a membership site with a forum and video training and coaching calls. And, you know, we just ran a masterclass in Chicago. We're going to Thailand in September with a bunch of us to have a mastermind group for three days. So they've told us every step of the way this is what they want. And we have a rule now in our business that we don't build anything, we don't touch any code, we don't build any products unless we can make a business case that this is either going to help revenue or it's going to help client retention or it's going to, you know, save a save a cost or an overhead. Interesting. That's all that's that's how how that so I want to talk about um, well one, it's important to note for folks that are listening that Troy, Troy and his partner spent a lot of time uh, content marketing, blogging, probably doing a lot of outreach and, and, and calls like this to build the initial list, right? So you started yep. that audience and it took time, right? And there's no other, there's no fast track to that, right? <laughs> there is no... The fastest track to build an audience is to run very low-cost pay-per-click advertising. So we, we'll, we'll occasionally turn on Facebook ads for, you know, three or four weeks. We'll mm -hmm. drive people to a free download at, you know, and it's got to be good. So, you know, so, so example, we've got this presentation called 101 Ways to Elevate Yourself and Demand Higher Fees. And there are 101 slides in this keynote presentation. There's a 50-minute free video and an e-book that goes along with it. We spend money on Facebook ads driving people to that free download. Then we nurture them. We give them heaps of free stuff in the autoresponder sequence. Then we get them on a, a free webinar, one of our monthly webinars. We invite them in to have a look what it's all about. Then we say, hey, you know, You've got all this much stuff for free. Imagine how good it's going to get when you start paying for it. So, so yes, you have to build an audience, uh, and it does take time. But if you want to fast track it, then you can buy traffic. And for us, Facebook advertising works really well. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's interesting to note as well. There are folks in the audience that could also pay for uh, do do some paid advertising. I think most folks might be if they're especially if they're getting new into this, right? If they're a, a plugin developer that's out there and they're sort of fresh on the scene, maybe a year or two, they might be a little too afraid to do the, the Facebook ads or the Google ads just because they don't know where that money's going to go, how to manage it. They might be afraid to make that leap. But they hear about yep. content marketing and blogging and, and building that audience. What, what, what's one organic way? And I think you mentioned a few, but if they're a developer out there wanting to launch a plugin or a theme, what's one organic way for them to build an audience uh, in today's busy world? Uh, the, the the you know this is and this has got nothing to do with the internet or computers but you know you have to get out of the building right and it's really easy and I suffered this for like when I first started out I reckon I spent the first two years behind my computer I never got out of the building and at some point and I re and because I, I was scared I was nervous I didn't know how I fit into this WordPress community I wasn't a good I wasn't a hardcore developer you know. I didn't really know PHP that well. I was a bit of a hack and I didn't want to go to meetups and expose myself and have people laugh at me. So I didn't go until eventually I worked out, no, no, 
I started going and I realized that they could teach me a lot about development and I could teach them a lot about sales and about customer relationships and about project management and about pricing. And so then I felt like I was adding some value so then I was more comfortable going. So the point, I think the quickest way to start building an audience is to go to, especially in the WordPress space, is to go to your local WordPress meetup and do a, do a presentation. First of all, join, this is, this is the strategy and this works for any niche. This doesn't, doesn't matter whether you're selling websites to accountants or if you're trying to sell plugins to WordPress developers. Go to meetup.com and find the nearest meetup for your particular niche. Join that meetup group online and then just look through all the comments and all the conversations and all the profiles of the people in there. Then go along to the next meetup, introduce yourself to some people, then introduce yourself to the organizer. Then after that meetup, follow up with the organizer, pitch them an idea that you want to come along and present at the next one and then go along to the next one and present your idea and say, hey, here's the problem I think that exists. Here's a little solution that I've come up with. Just show them some screenshots or some mockups or some wireframes. Is this an idea worth pursuing? Um, if so, you know, I'd love your feedback. Build an audience in real life and then use that feedback to kind of start, you know, start iterating on your idea before you touch any code. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a while since I've actually talked about that. Um, but it, it's something that I used to bring up uh, in earlier episodes uh, that I would repeat all the time, that the number one thing is to get out from behind this and get out into the real world and meet people because, I mean, that still is the number one way uh, for me to build up my, my network of, of other consultants that we do business with, uh, find uh, real live clients, um, getting out from behind the desk and going to these, these meetups or even, you know, sometimes I hate to say it, but I guess it depends on your local market, find uh, something good from a good event from your local chamber, right? Uh, like yeah. we have here in the states, find something from your local chamber, uh, and do that there. Although, side note, I was just reviewing a word, uh, excuse me, a WordPress uh, uh, seminar that somebody's doing at our local chamber. She says that she's a WordPress uh, consultant, and I checked her website, and she's loading a two megabyte. 4,000 pixel photo in her first parallax region and there are <laughs> words that say WordPress done the right way throughout her website so oh, I'm a little afraid uh, to see what those <laughs> people are going to learn when she's teaching the course. Uh, step up your game people, do it a little bit better. Uh, yeah. so, you know so now you know something uh, a little bit uh, more than, than most folks about building an audience because you've been running a podcast, of course you heard mine, you're like damn I'm going to do the same thing and knock it out of the ballpark better than Matt Report does. What's it like <laughs> day in and day out or week in, week out? Give us the insight from behind the scenes of being a podcaster, uh, especially in the WordPress space. We've got a lot more of them coming out now. Um, is, do you think some of them are going to start to fizzle out or do you think we really need this demand? And what's the workload like for you? Um, well, you know, you know, man. Um, <laughs> where do I start? Um, it's hard work. It is, there's a lot of work in putting together a good podcast and, you know, <clears throat> I, I, I think we're still developing what we're doing at WP Elevation. We've changed formats once since we started. Um, I'm pretty happy with the format at the moment, but there's a lot of work involved. So I actually blogged about this and made a video walkthrough on our website about how we produce an episode of the, the podcast, but essentially what happens is uh, we've got a Trello board with... Uh, you know, five different boards and board number one is just everyone that I want to get on the on the podcast. So I'll just, whenever I think of someone, I'll just dump them into that Trello board and then my assistant, Jin, who we've just brought on the last few weeks, 
she will go through and make contact with everyone and she'll organize the time zones and you know once someone agrees to be on the podcast <clears throat> she'll organize the time zones and book the appointment <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> and then she'll email them in advance a PDF which basically outlines the episode and you know what to expect the kinds of questions I'm going to ask we use schedulonce.com to schedule all of the um, appointments between myself and the the interviewee then at the time of the interview I just turn up on Skype we use Skype um, and call recorder to record the conversations. They then go into a Dropbox folder. They then go off to Chris, our post-production editor in the States, who edits the videos and he then uploads the videos to uh, Vimeo Pro and he'll upload the audio to Amazon S3 and he'll also upload the audio to Dropbox. We then use Zapier to automate the transcription of the podcast through as soon as you drop a file into Dropbox it automatically places an order with rev.com they transcribe it they stick the transcription back in a Dropbox folder which is automated through Zapier we get an email saying hey uh, your transcriptions ready we then go and post that up on the blog with the show notes and the highlights and any links um, we have a prize every week we give away a prize every week it's usually you know it's usually less than a hundred bucks although I did give away a Mixergy premium recently which was a couple hundred bucks um, and we do that to encourage engagement you know it's, it's it's hard work getting people to comment on your blog when you're starting out so we we I mean it's frank I mean it's not rocket science we use that as a we dangle that as a carrot and say hey if you leave a comment under the video there's a chance you will win some free stuff right uh, and that's that's what we're doing to you know build that engagement um, and then we publish it and then we tweet about it and then we coordinate with the guest to come by and you know moderate the comments and award a prize and then we coordinate the prize that goes out and this happens every week and it, it is it's hard work it is um, when you set you out know, when you when you and I think I was maybe I was at what your maybe your first uh, guest on the show or second I think you were our second I think Brennan Dunn was first oh, yep. and I think you were our second yeah did you did you what was like the biggest lesson that you learned uh, from that point uh, till to, uh, compared to today was it is it just a boatload of work that you didn't realize was coming or did you th or was it something else that you've learned well you know you can do it you can do it easier like you know, you don't have to have a prize. You don't have to transcribe the podcast. <laughs> right. right. Uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff you can do easier. You don't have to. You don't have to edit the top and the tail. You don't have to have a fancy introduction with some music and a voiceover. You don't have to do any of that stuff. But I wanted to make it. My theory, my 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 goal was when we started, when I had the idea for WP Elevation, I said to my business partner, "There's only one way this is going to work, and that is if." If, and at the moment it's me, and I'm happy to talk about this more in a minute, but I want, you know, the only way it's going to work is if WP Elevation becomes the number one go-to place for WordPress consultants to learn how to actually grow a successful business and, and get out of their bedroom and, you know, grow a successful business, a profitable business as a WordPress consultant. That's our point of differentiation, and it's only going to work if we become number one and we stay number one, right? Otherwise, there's no point being number two. So that was that was and 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 at the moment it's me. I'm the voice in the face of WP Elevation. So I said to my business partner, if you're okay with this man, the only way this is gonna work is if I I have to become everywhere on the internet. Like anyone in the WordPress space has to every time they turn on their computer, I have to be popping up on their screen, right? Saying the same thing over and over again. So 
Let me. That did, was. And does that does it saying that to me on this podcast? Does that make? Does it was it a little weird for you to say that? I'm just getting my Andrew Warner on right now. <laughs> Do you feel a little no, weird admitting that? No, it wasn't because I because you know, and we've spoken about this. I think that the, I think the difference is that you know, and I've actually had people like if you want to if you we we focus on consultants, right? So we focus on if somebody comes to me and says, hey, look, I've got a plug-in business and I need to roll out a whole bunch of new products and, you know, do some new pricing strategy and, um, you know, eventually get acquired, I'm going to say, you know what, you should probably go and chat with Matt Medeiros and Chris Lemmer. Um, I, I, I probably can't help you with that right now. But if you're a WordPress freelancer and you need some new clients and you need to know how to deliver those projects and make a profit, then absolutely come talk to me. Now, you and I do have a bit of crossover in what we teach, what our experience is, but we focus on the WordPress consultants. Now, having said that, I've, we've got a handful of platinum clients who are trying to make the transition out of client services into a product company, and I think I can help them with that because I've done that. We, are, we have made the transition out of client services into a product company. We still do client services, by the way, but I can help them with that. But our focus, our whole blueprint, everything we teach is about running a consultancy. It's about doing client services. So that's the niche that we focus on. So, you know, I'm happy for you to be the number one WordPress business podcast and I'll be the number one WordPress podcast for WordPress consultants. You know, fair, it's a slightly different, it's a slightly fair, different. Fair <laughs> no, no, that's an awesome answer. And, and honestly, look, I, I think, uh, so uh, WordCamp Miami, I wore the WP Elevation t-shirt uh, to pay uh, respect uh, to you, uh, and I knew some of your uh, audience was going to be there. Uh, and Syed Valky of WP Beginner totally uh, was—he had no idea what to say. Like he's like, "Why?" He's like, "Is Troy paying you?" I'm like, "No, Troy's not paying me." But is this is just like this is just friendly banter. Like I don't know any other yeah. way to put it. Like like we have no yeah. problem referring like we just did to each other's different podcasts and different offerings um, because, you know, yes, there's some overlap, but yes, there are some clear, uh, you know, lines in the sand of what you're going to find in each audience or in each, uh, you know, con pieces of content. Um, so that was fun. And I think that uh, the WordPress world is like that where competitors with air quotes in the air, uh, competitors can sit down and talk to each other. I mean, you see it with I, Corey Miller and iThemes and, you know, name any other big theme. Like, he'll sit down and talk to anybody or security yeah. plugin. He'll sit down at backup buddy or he, he'll sit. I, I've been to dinners with him and Pippin in the same room and they're talking about how their e-commerce works with, you know, their, their other e-commerce and it's just, it's friendly WordPress. <laughs> you know, it's just the way yeah. it is here. Uh, you'd never yep. see that between Microsoft and Apple or Microsoft and Google. Right or QuickBooks, yeah. FreshBooks, like that people would be at each other's throats probably. <laughs> um, so it's definitely an interesting world uh, that we live in uh, in the WordPress space. Um, to the point of the podcast and producing a podcast, absolutely, I think it's one of the best ways to build an audience. And like you said to your points, like you are setting out to be number one. You are, you know, adding the intro. You're adding the prizes. You're adding all of the uh, transcriptions. Like I don't even do transcriptions because I'm just not at that. I just haven't got to that level yet. Uh, I think that everything that you can add into your media that you produce, the new media or the new way of content marketing, you have to because you have to be better than the next person. Um, yeah. And I think those are the different things that you see 
that people don't talk about in the WordPress space. Like you know when an e-commerce platform is better than the other, even though everyone's friends, you know this one's got more features or better, you know, adoption, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it's very important that folks also focus on uh, putting in the hard work to make the better product. It's funny, you know, when <clears throat> I, I went to Pressnomics a couple of times and uh, I, I just, you know, and everything I've learned, I mean, I'm a sucker for this stuff. I just, I'm a sponge. I soak up as much as I possibly can from everyone, from Entrepreneur on Fire, from you and the Matt Report, from Mixergy. I learn as much as I possibly can. And the overarching thing that I've learned in the, in the last couple of years and reading a couple of breakthrough book, books like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which, I'd say, which had been sitting on my shelf for years and I'd resisted reading it because I felt like it, it just felt cheesy, right? And eventually I read it and it just blew my mind. The thing that I, I've realized is that the more you focus on revenue, the less, for me anyway, the more I focus on revenue, the less success I have. The more I focus on helping people, the more success I have. So, you know, for me it's like, I don't even, I don't like, and we're lucky because I think we've got some, you know, revenue from the plugin business that an episode of the podcast, look, costs us, you know, 60 bucks in the transcription. It costs us 50 or 60 bucks or 100 bucks to give away a prize. You know, we haven't actually amortized exactly what the cost of an episode is, but we have Jin who's on staff. Uh, it's my time, all the tools that we use. It probably costs 500 bucks to produce every episode of the podcast, realistically, right? I 100% agree. <laughs> right. That's a $25,000 a year. That's a $25,000 a year ex production cost on producing the podcast, right? So, mm -hmm. so, but if you don't do the transcription, then you're going to lose out on search results, and you're going to lose those people who 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 love to read. If you don't do the, if you you know, I do video, but we also do audio. Some people love video, some, and I think you make a greater connection if you see who you're talking to. Some people love listening to the podcast while they're on the train, and they don't want to watch the videos. Some people love reading it. So I'm like, well, let's try and help as many people as we possibly can by giving them as much as we possibly can, and I'm just convinced the revenue will flow. Now my business partner, on the other hand, he's sometimes like. Do we really need to do this? You know, is this like this is going to cost us an extra whatever it is? Do we really need to do this? And I'm like, well, I don't know, but our philosophy is the more we help people, the more success we have, and at the moment that's working. So yeah. that's that's the philosophy that we're going to continue with for now. And the other thing I just want to touch on is the world's a big place, Matt, and if all of your audience right now abandon you and came to me, it would really hurt my business because I'm not ready for that many people right now, you know? <laughs> so, you know what I mean? If, if everyone abandoned iThemes uh, e-commerce and went to WooCommerce, their support costs would go through the roof, yeah? And so, so you have to manage growth. You can't just say, oh, like the world's a big place and there's, a, there's, there's plenty of people and People will not like me because I'm too animated and I've got this weird accent. People will prefer to listen to you because, you know, you're a Native American and you, I mean, you know, you're a Native US and right. you have a cultural bent on what you're talking about that resonates with them more. So there will be people that just gravitate towards you and gravitate towards me like there are people that gravitate towards John Lee Dumas and Andrew Warner. So I, I'm, I've never been too worried about competition and the thing for me is that the fact that you've got a podcast and you've got a membership site in the WordPress space proves to me that I'm not insane. It proves to me that this is an idea worth pursuing because someone else is doing it. So for me, it actually validates our whole business model. Absolutely. <clears throat> one of the things that, uh, you know, I, one of the credos that we run by is if, if, there, if there is somebody else doing it, if there is a competitor that crops up based off of what we're doing and we being 
my agency and the themes and the plugins and stuff like that, then we know that, hey, it's validated. And nothing gets me energized even more is to have that out there, right? Because you know it's validated. You know there's a, there's an audience or a market. And the world is huge. <laughs> there's plenty of stuff to go around, mm. at least for the next five years. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Awesome stuff, and yeah, and you know, just tremendous stuff. One final question from the formal interview: What was your elevator pitch to Matt Mullenweg to get him on your show? Well, um, that Lots was of WP Elevation hoodies sent to his address. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was interesting. Um, so with with okay, so let me see. In fact, the original. So okay, this is what I've learned about. This is what I've learned about connecting with influencers, right? Um, you have to make it really easy for them to say yes. And and so the first email I sent was to a group of people. It was to um, a group of people who I was pretty sure would say yes, who I'd already interviewed on the podcast, and they were influencers. So it was Alex King, Jake Goldman, you know, Corey Miller, Miriam Schwab, Lisa Sabin-Wilson, um, you know, Scott Basgard, Tom Wilmot, and Matt Mullenweg. And I didn't think Matt Mullenweg for a second was going to say yes. I thought I'll never hear back from him because he's too busy, and that's that's totally cool. Like, I'm, I don't begrudge him for that. He's just a very busy man. But what happened is one by one, all these people started responding to the email and saying yes, that they'd love to be on it. And everyone was copied in on that thread. So what ha I think what happened, and I don't know, you'd have to ask Matt Mullenweg, but I think what happened is that he saw all of these people one by one saying, yes, they'd love to be on it. And then, here we go. So that, here, I've just found it. So um, I sent an email out individually to everyone. That's right. And then they came back one by one. And then I sent a group email to everyone and said, hey, gang, just a quick update. I'm thrilled to announce that Shane Perlman, Scott Basgard, and Alex King have confirmed they're on board for WP Think Tank. Looking forward to launching in February and seeing where it goes and hoping you can all be a part of something special, right? Then Jake Goldman said yes. Then Miriam Schwab said yes. Then Tom Wilmot said yes. Then Corey Miller said yes. Then Matt Mullenweg said, sure, count me in. Because I think what had happened, and I freaked out, and I ran around the office and screamed like a 16-year-old <laughs> girl at a Beatles concert, right? And I rang my business partner, and I'm like, you're not going to believe this. Matt Mullenweg said yes, you'll be on the WP Think Tank, right? And my business partner's like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what WP Think Tank is. I hadn't even told him about it at that point. But I think what happened is Matt saw, and as I said, I could be completely wrong about this, but I think what he saw is one by one, all these influential people in the space saying yes to this idea. So then he was like, well, okay, if they're all saying yes, then I, I, I'll say yes, and this seems like a good idea. And it was a good idea. The first, you know, it was fantastic. We had over 450 people on the live chat widget watching it in real time. And it was, you know, it was a hit. Unfortunately, Matt couldn't make the second one because he was on a flight. Um, but, and I've, if, you've, if you've seen the first one, you'll know that we crashed our Rackspace servers on the first WP Think Tank. And, uh, hey, dog. And, um, <laughs> and um, so then Matt, Matt offered us VIP hosting at WordPress.com. After the call, he emailed me and he said, hey, man, that was really embarrassing. Let's get you on VIP hosting and make sure that doesn't happen again. So he's right behind the project and he, you know, supports us and he's been really, he's been great to us. The, to answer your question, if you want influential people, you want to get the attention of influential people and you want them to say yes to what it is you're proposing, you've got to make it all about them. You've got to show them the benefits of them being involved and you have to make it really easy for them to say yes. Don't write them a three-page email. I was just going to say really, that. <laughs> yeah. 
keep it really short, really light touch, do all the work for them and just make it really easy for them to say yes and turn up. Awesome stuff. Uh, Troy, I can't thank you enough for doing the show today. I mean, we learned a ton, uh, not only about you and what you have to offer, but I mean, just so much about building the audience, connecting with others, grabbing the influencers like this. Uh, and for those folks who are, who are still listening, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, Troy and I, we have a really good connection, right? When we first met each other face-to-face uh, -face at Pressnomics, uh, it was nothing but love at first sight. No, <laughs> it was just <laughs> handshakes, and we were like, look, we got to do some awesome things together. Uh, so I've been on the Think Tank. I've been on his podcast. He's finally on this podcast. Um, and we have some other cool podcasty things that are planned uh, for the future, one of them being a unique little host swap. Um, and we'll have more details about that as it comes down to that. So I'll be interviewing uh, for his podcast. He'll be interviewing for my podcast, and it'll be fun, and then we'll get some other stuff planned. So, uh, you know, tremendous stuff, uh, you know, as long as, we're, as long as we are all uh, still helping each other move to the greater glory, then, um, you know, nothing but good stuff can happen. Uh, be it podcasts or themes or plugins or agency work, uh, we can all work together uh, to achieve the better stuff, uh, whatever that might be. Let's jump into the second segment, uh, what's in your toolbox. You mentioned a ton of different websites, but what other pieces of software that folks might not know about uh, that get you through your day-to-day? So one, so one thing that I'm really excited about at the moment is a thing called Agile CRM, which is a new, very new player in the CRM space. Um, but what I really like, well, I've been, we've been toying around with Infusionsoft for a long time, and it's a big commitment. It's like two grand up front, and then you know, 300 bucks a month, and we've got a big list, so we end up paying more for emails and stuff. Anyway, <clears throat> Agile CRM, the thing about Infusionsoft is they have this beautiful drag and drop campaign builder where you can drag stuff onto the screen, and you can say, if someone opens this email and clicks on this link, then send them this email. If they don't, then send them a reminder in three days to open the email and click on the link. So you can automate highly targeted communication. Agile CRM have something very similar, and they have this thing called lead scoring, where you can score leads in your database based on whether or not they open emails and click on links, and you can automate the whole thing. And they have a plan, they have a free plan, and, they, and their freelancer plan starts at $9 a month. I'm really excited about Agile CRM at the moment because I think it opens up this automated marketing to a whole bunch of freelancers who aren't in a position to pay 300 bucks a month. So that's the thing that's kind of floating my boat at the moment. Um, it's and, awesome. Does it, it sends email through their service too? Uh, yep. So you just hook it in with uh, with uh, Gmail, and it um, yep oh, you can cool. send an email. And you so you because I hate being in my inbox. You know I love managing yeah. client relationships. So this thing has in-app mail. You can just mail from directly within it, and it just syncs up via Google Apps. Awesome. So it's yeah. And the other thing that I'm really excited about at the moment is Optin Monster. Optin Monster is just bloody beautiful. It's just Gorgeous, I love it, and it's easy to use, and it's lean, and it has a whole bunch of you know cool stuff going on. So uh, yeah, you know, I, I just think it's really important to build an audience and then ask them what they want. And something like Optin Monster is a really elegant way of helping you build an audience uh, organically. If people are on your site, chances are they're interested in what it is you've got to say. You're actually doing them a disservice by not making it really easy for them to sign up. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. Syed was all over me at WordCamp uh, Miami to get me to use it, and it's just something I it's I have it still on the old to-do list, and it's just like I haven't got there to do it yet, but I do plan on doing it because I do see results, right? And no one has ever said, yeah. uh, except for some real hardcore developers, uh, when I had another yeah. pop-up pop thing on there saying, oh, God, I can't stand pop-ups. No one has ever really complained uh, to me uh, about that, so uh, awesome stuff. 
going to jump into the lightning round and ask you a series of quick questions, and you'll have a series of quick answers. Cool. So one plugin you cannot live without besides your own. Uh, oh, Gravity Forms. A favorite WordPress or business book? Favorite WordPress or business book? Um, probably uh, Poke the Box, Seth Godin. Nice. Uh, the best business advice you ever received? The best business advice I ever received uh, is, is work out who you serve the best and then serve them better than anyone else. Uh, what's a quote that you live or run your business by? Work out who you serve the best and then serve <laughs> them better than anyone else. <laughs> uh, what's the longest a client project has ever taken? <laughs> what date is it? Yep. Uh, it's the <laughs> 2014. Uh, it's still going. Uh, it's been about seven years. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. had a two-year launch finally. Uh, that right. was I, I'm, I don't think this one's ever going to happen. I don't think it's ever going to finish. Yeah. It's 75% of the job's been paid and uh, missing in action. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> if you had to switch to another CMS, what would it be? You know, I don't know. I just, I, 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 I just wouldn't. I just, I don't think, I don't, you know, Give I don't, up the I just wouldn't. Altogether. Yeah, I just wouldn't. I'd probably build my own. I think I'd have one built. Yeah. Who should I interview next? Who should you interview next? Well, um, <laughs> <have you laughs> somebody interesting uh, that you've inter that you've interviewed that I haven't. You should. You know who you should interview? Have you interviewed Bill Ballou? <laughs> oh, the the publish it guy. You have to interview yeah. Bill Ballou. Yeah, I should. I should get a hold of him from press. He, Bill Ballou is he is amazing. He has inspired me so much. He, I mean, you know, he's a sixty-four-year-old dude who just loves blogging so much. And you know, we saw him at Pressnomics, and he's just got such an amazing energy. And you know, I just every time I come across a, a corporate client who's like who's a little bit stuffy about the internet, like, well, I'm, you know, I'm, this internet's for young people. I'm like, go and watch this interview with the 64-year-old dude and then shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And also, I think you should, also, I think you should, I think you should try and get Matt Mullenweg on the show. I think you should interview Matt. I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. Uh, what's the one question Matt? I didn't ask you that I should have? The one question you didn't ask me that you should have is... Uh, that's a very good question. Well, he didn't ask me about revenue, which I'm happy about because uh, Andrew <laughs> Warner always asks about revenue and we don't talk about revenue. Um, one question you should have asked is, uh, oh, okay, well, maybe why our foreign language translations of our video plugin failed, but that's a whole other. It failed because we didn't build an audience first. That's mm -hmm. why it failed. We didn't have an audience in those, in those markets. That's so exactly. there you go. There's, there's a lesson there. That's exactly right. Well, Troy, it's been an awesome interview. Uh, I can't thank you enough. Folks who are in the audience, uh, matreport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. Uh, matreport.com slash join. Uh, join the membership. That keeps the show ad-free, except for myself. Uh, and you can uh, join the membership, and it's like WordPress. It's like support for your WordPress business. You hop into the forums, you ask some questions, uh, and you get answers from all the awesome people that are in there. Uh, check that out, matreport.com slash join. Troy, where can folks find you on the web to say thanks? Uh, Twitter's probably the best one, at Troy Dean. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, uh, wpelevation.com. They can hit us up there by the contact form. Awesome. Troy, thanks a lot.
Cool. Thanks, Matt.